Check out our friends at Linquicity Gifts. Linquicity Gifts is a metaphysical store offering natural gemstone bead bracelets, signature and zodiac, designed and made in the United States, as well as raw and polished stones, crystal balls, pendulums, tarot cards, natural crystal points, wands, and so much more. Their beautiful signature design bracelets can aid with creativity, balance, focus, and well-being. Visit their website using the link in the description or visit linguistitygifts.com and use coupon code FKN to get 10% off your first order over $20. Welcome back to Forbidden Knowledge News. I'm your host, Chris Matthew. Today, my guest is Juan Ayala. First, I have a couple of announcements. If you have a business and you want to advertise with Forbidden Knowledge News, email me, forbiddenknowledgenews at gmail.com. We have unbeatable pricing and ad packages, and we reach a very wide audience. Our website is ForbiddenKnowledge.News. This is also the home of the Forbidden Knowledge Network. You find extraordinary podcasts from our community like Raised by Giants, Inception, Ancient Gift, Day Zero, and many more. Forbidden Knowledge News is always available on Rockfin, Odyssey, Rumble, and all podcast platforms. Rockfin is where you get our premium content, as well as all the premium content from every creator there on Rockfin. You can also get a free account and get access to everyone's free content, including all of our regular shows. You go to rockfin.com FKN plus or click that link in the description to sign up. The Forbidden Documentary is going to be extremely difficult with the price of gas and everything else right now. We can't do this without your help, and production is already being pushed back a bit. If you would like to help, you can go to supportfkn.com or use that PayPal link in the description. Anything is greatly appreciated. Finally, check out our friends at C60 Purple Power. C60 may be the most powerful antioxidant known to man, and the benefits have been personally incredible. I feel amazing, and my pets feel amazing. Yes, you can get C60 for your pets. Go check out all the amazing benefits C60 has to offer. Just click that link in the description, and you get 10% off your order plus free shipping. 
Today, I want to welcome back to the show Juan Ayala. He is an avid researcher, truth seeker, podcaster, and host of the One on One podcast, which is a show where he talks about life, current events, esoterica, conspiracy theories, and other mysteries of the universe. He's interviewed a variety of guests on his show, including artists, authors, musicians, and conspiracy theorists. His goal with creating his podcast is to ask the hard questions and share knowledge on certain esoteric subjects. Juan, welcome back. How you doing? What's up, dude? Thanks for having me back. Yeah, it's great to talk to you again. Always a fun and interesting conversation. I know today's going to be a banger. You sent me some very interesting topics that you have presentations about, and uh, we settled on a little bit about Jack Parsons, who is crazy sex, crazy occultist, who's the father of modern rocketry, and apparently uh, supposedly opened some portals and let some aliens through. I don't know, but you've got some uh, a, a, an actual presentation on this. Very excited to get into this. But before we do, remind the audience uh, about yourself and your podcast and where they can find you. So at the One on One Podcast, the One on One Podcast is my podcast, and I talk about conspiracies, the occult, esoteric subjects with a little, with a little bit of comedy in there, and I'll do some deep dives. They call me the Rabbit Hole Master. And I have a couple of shows, actually, the one-on-one being my main one. I have the Occult Book Club with Paranoid American. I have Illuminati Confirmed with Mark from My Family Thinks I'm Crazy and Chris from Mensa Podcast. I do Strange Wands with Tom Thompson from Strange Brew Podcast. So I do a little bit of everything. You know how, you know how it is, dude. You, mm-hmm. you always want to do more. There's like never enough time, but yet you always like, hey, do you want to start a podcast? And you just end up starting another podcast. So, yeah, I have that. I have a Patreon, patreon.com slash the one podcast. And my latest venture is a comic book series I'm working on. The issue, the first issue, our Kickstarter went live yesterday. It's already funded. But if you want to check that out, I can give you the link to that. And it's a a, a series. It's going to be, we have a lot of people in it. We, we need to get you in there. We have Charlie Robinson in there. We have Tony Merkel. We have oh, Isaac yeah. Weishaupt. We have Sam Tripley. We have a bunch of people in the comic. And it's a comic about conspiracies. And just going down different wormholes and different adventures, right? And it, we already have the first one done, working on the second one now. And so if you want to check that out, I'll send you the link to the Kickstarter. Yeah, man, so send me order. that. I'll put it in the description. That's badass. I love it, dude. That's uh, that's something to look forward to. And uh, hell yeah, it's going to be a comic, you said? Yeah, it's going to be a comic book. It's, it'll be, we're shooting for six issues. And we already have the first one done. It's already funded on the Kickstarter, so we're... We're, we're, you know, we're just chugging along and, and seeing where it goes. But yeah, if you want to do the, there's going to be Kickstarter variant covers only, and you can only get them on the Kickstarter. So it'll be with certain art and they'll only be available on there until that, when that's gone, they're gone. And then we move on to the next one. So awesome. we'll see what happens, but I'll send you the to, the link for that. Cause it's, yeah, it's a really yeah, funny, funny yeah, adventure. Yeah. We got to get you in there. Hell yeah, I'd love to be a part of that. That's awesome. All right, well, let's get into this. Um, I'm sure most of my audience is familiar with Jack Parsons and some of his occult shenanigans, but you take a deeper dive and actually connect it to some modern aspects and things. I don't want to give too much away, but uh, where do we start with this? So Parsons, right? We we know he's the – they call him the father of modern-day rocketry, that he's the one that – that invented the you know jet propulsion and my whole thing is bro that 
we're using things today from the past that arguably of questionable figures for example pythagoras one of my favorite figures of all time in, in history we're still using his theorem right these uh plato we're still using things of plato till this day their writings have existed till this day and there was a thing about the ancients that they were obsessed for whatever reason with translating their thoughts into the platonic solids and this is how you get the cartesian coordinate system with rene descartes uh, one of the most famous philosophers, I think, therefore I am. Mm. And the whole thing with that was the the mind-body dualism, where he believed that the mind was its own thing, the body was its own thing. Uh, but the only thing that he could prove was that he was a thinking thing. Because theoretically, if you can't prove I'm thinking, and I can't prove you're thinking, then we're both part of each other's unreality. So at the end of the day, we don't know what's real. Okay, we could be a brain in, in a bad jar, or how Descartes puts it, a demon controlling our thoughts and our sensors, our sensory perceptions and all these things, how Plato talks about the demiurge, where we're entrapped in this false reality. Now, a lot of people don't like that because it's very dark. And I mean, you know, it, it, a lot of the, these ancients, they devalued this existence. For example, you have the re organized religion where they talk about you know, ascension. It's all about the, the, the afterlife, going on to the afterlife. So you need to prepare this life, right? So it devalues this material world. You know, you don't want to be here. You know, I don't want to be here. You have an Examander, an Exagoras, so these, these, these philosophers of back then, these Greek philosophers that presented, you know, as above, so below, right? The divine, that this world is a reflection of a more div a divine world. So, but all that devalues our reality, Right, it makes it less valuable. You just want to leave here, right? We, we, the the Cathars thought that it, that we were all light bodies trapped in these meat suits. So, the point being that we use the the teachings of the ancients till this day. And Parsons, not my favorite person in history, That's right. but one of the ones that I find the most interesting because the guy was probably a piece of shit. Let's get that out of the way. Oh, the yeah, guy was sure. a piece of shit. He was associated with Crowley, which we know all the things that he's done and the OTO and all these guys and secret societies. I mean, nothing against people in secret societies. You do what you want to do as long as you keep the kids out of it. That's that's all I ask. Just keep the kids out of it. So rocket scientist by day, occultist by night. And he's the, the father of modern day rocketry, the infamous Jack Parsons. And he would invoke Pan, the wild horn god of fertility before each rocket test. And I have this, this idea that I've been keeping, that, I, that I've been saying every now and again, where in alchemy, you have the Elias Artista, which is a Paracelsian concept where it's like a, you know, with alchemy, it's very encrypted and uh, wrapped in ciphers and all this shit. So they speak in symbols. And this enigmatic figure is almost like a messiah, depending on wh where you look. It's almost like a messiah for the Rosicrucians where he's supposed to come. And I was reading something today where it said he will come at a time when one third of the population dies off, the other gets infected, and then the other survives. And I found that really interesting because it sounds almost like what's happening right now. You know what I mean? You have parts of the population, things are happening to them. But yeah. this Elias Artista character 
uh, when you get so alchemy can either be interpreted from a literal standpoint or a mystical com- uh, standpoint and there's this this character where allegedly he was able to figure out the secrets of alchemy and able to live on forever almost like a like a saint germain or, or, or uh, you know count germain or yeah. a, a uh, caliostro you know these characters these weird characters where they live forever and they they you know they reinvented themselves every now and again that's why you see those portraits of like different celebrities that look the same as people from like way back then like you have the same portraits of that same person almost like like well what's going on here but we do know about these ancient bloodlines we do know that these elites they you know stay within their their lines and they go way way back since, since the beginning of time and i have this thing where these alchemists which parsons was an alchemist he was mixing things together making explosions you know launching things into the into wanting to launch things into the sky into space so he was an alchemist he was mixing things together to to yield results and almost like a trans from a transhumanistic point of view where they want it, they want to live forever, right? They want to put their body into a machine. You know, they want to go and live in the metaverse. You know, you have the the Egyptians. The Egyptians were the same. They wanted to prepare for the afterlife. There's a reason why they would preserve their bodies because they thought that they could come back to them, and you know, get back into their vessel, whatever it is, is mitsu at another time. So, uh, back to this this alchemical secret. So this guy was able to figure out the secret to eternal life. Okay. I have this theory where I believe that these occultists or these these reptilian overlords, they have figured out how to live on forever, but not from a physical standpoint that we believe it to be. You know, when you live forever, it's like, oh, well, I'll live for 800 years. No, not like a vampire, which that's also kind of plays into what we're going to be talking about today. But from a we're still talking about them after all this time. So they're almost sort of egregores and thought forms mm. in our in, in our entire history. Okay, since that we're still talking about Pythagoras from the year 400 or 500 in 2022. Okay, so this idea that they were able to maybe perhaps their spirit goes on and they're able to escape the Ouroboros and Taoism uh, or Taoism. There is the concept of the homunculus, which also plays into that's another thing that got me looking into this, the homunculus, where there's very different variations of the homunculus. But in essence, there it's a an alch and the alchemical homunculus is a little man made from alchemy. And it's supposed to be this little clear man that gives you magical powers, depending on which grimoire you read, because it can get pretty nasty. So depending on what part of the body of this little homunculus that you that you make using your own sperm. Okay. You know, Paracelsus was the first one to talk about this and, and you, you grow it depending on what you do with this little homunculus, you can have an ointment that'll make you invisible or, you know, have an ointment that'll reduce your, your age or whatever it is. So this, uh, the, in, in, in Taoism, there's the, the homunculus where it's a little golden man from you achieving, you know, either Kundalini or whatever it is, this, this, level of enlightenment that you're so above and this little golden man sprouts and he is those he's supposed to be your substitute in order for you to escape reincarnation okay so again we're talking about occultists that are doing 
weird shit at night. Okay. They're doing all types of rituals. Who's to say they're not onto some esoteric occult knowledge? I mean, that's what it's all well, about. I think you're right. And I think that like modern occultists like Crowley, like Parsons, have taken Egyptian afterlife mythos and earlier Babylonian stuff. Yeah, they've taken all this and they've kind of twisted it and made it into something new, like you were saying, transhumanism. Where they they've twisted us into a kind of merging ourselves with technology and machinery instead of going into the afterlife, the afterlife in the Egyptian mythos, right? So, yes, and and I have a shirt. This is Metatron, right? This is my iteration of Metatron, and I have this idea where you know after they showed Enoch everything, right? After they after the 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 Watchers, because they're supposed to be the Watchers watching the great alchemists that work. And the great alchemist, the great architecture, the, 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 the great whatever, the great builder, you know, God, whoever, they're watching his alchemical process, which is reality. So after the watchers show Enoch the secrets of the universe, he becomes Metatron, this, this overwatcher of reality itself. Okay. One of the, one, one of the, they call him the, one of the, I think it's holy scribes or something like that. But I think that's what they're hiding from us, Chris, where they know that if we have access to this esoteric and occult knowledge, we will turn into some sort of Metatron, right? Some sort of enlightened being that's able to literally law of attraction, manipulate reality. So these guys are after that. We're still talking about Crowley after all this time. Okay. He will forever be one of the greatest occultists of all time, although he was a piece of shit. Okay. He did a lot of wrote about a lot of fucked up things and talked about a lot of fucked up things. He was associated with Parsons. So these are I that's what I believe that they are if it weren't for Parsons we wouldn't have made it to the moon, arguably. Okay? Mm. He was in touch with Von Braun before Von Braun was Von Braun. Okay? The, he, Von Braun was looking for answers from Parsons. Now notice a lot of the ancients of of time they were almost sort of in touch with this higher power what are the, the thelemites talk about the guardian angel l ron hubbard was also involved with parsons so mind you parsons had no prior education he was making it into all he made it into this prestigious school gausset which uh later comes uh, uh jpl I can't think of the name of the school right now, but anyways, this prestigious school without prior background, they didn't want to accept him because he didn't have the background. So there's this idea that he was tapping it. He could, he was able to tap into this higher knowledge. And if you look at all the ancient minds, they were either parts of secret societies or occult circles. And that was one of the, their main things. Their main thing was what? Wanting to prove the existence of God through technology. Charles Babbage, the, the father of modern day computers, tried to summon the devil at one point in his life. And he's the guy that we have the computer from. Leibniz talked about how our, rea- our thoughts affect reality. The guy who wrote binary code, the ones and zeros that you have in, your, in the program that's running your computer right now. He was obsessed with Descartes. Okay, so Descartes inspired him. And the Cartesian coordinate system that Descartes made, which is how you get X. And, and why, right, in your analytical geometry, that he didn't think that when he was up and, and, and walking around in and, and some countryside. No, it came to him in a, in a series of dreams, okay? 
It came to him. So these are guys that are arguably part of secret societies that are interacting with the metaphysical and getting answers and coming up with theorems and 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 uh, how, how do I say uh, theorems and damn, what's the other word? Not quotations. Anyways, uh, you know these these algorithms or whatever you want to call it to to manifest things. Okay, so you have Parsons who was blowing blowing shit up, and one of the one of the connections that I made early on was, and this was from, mind you, there is a crater on the dark side of the moon named after Parsons. Jack Whiteside Parsons has a crater on the dark side of the moon. Okay. For those of you that did not know that, uh, they attribute him to having four different alternate egos. Okay. So you see, he went by four different names. You have John Parsons, Jack Parsons, John Whiteside Parsons, but his actual legal name when he was born was Marvel Whiteside Parsons. Now, again, the influence that we see even in pop culture of this guy, because they're very influential. These occultists know what they're doing. They're very influential. They're able to hijack people's thoughts. And that's why I say they're able to tap into something much deeper than than because they're it's like ceremonial magic. My, my buddy Thomas puts it in a way where it's like you're swinging this energy around, you know, once every year at the same time in the same place. So it's like this, this boomerang. Every time it comes back, it comes back stronger. So these guys were into some dark art shit. Okay. Some, some crazy stuff. So the character of Iron Man is modeled after Parsons. Jack Parsons. And I saw recently that there was a comment in one of the comics where they were hinting at that the devil character in the in the Marvel universe, I think is Mephisto, was Iron Man's dad, which is their devil, their their Satan archetype in the Marvel universe was the father of Iron Man in the comic. And that supposedly uh uh Tony Stark's father had given something up in order to, to gain all this knowledge. So he almost like gave him as a, he gave his son's life up as a sacrifice to the devil manifesto to come up to, to be, to, to have knowledge, which again, you see it all throughout history. You have all these occultists that they're able to gain knowledge through what, through either alchemical means or occult means through magic, whatever it is, they're able to tap into almost like a manly P hall. He's able to like peek through the veil on the other side. And they're these just these prolific writers, and they just write all this shit. I mean, look at Crowley. He was supposedly channeling these works that he had with Iowas and all this stuff and Lamb and all this, all these things. They were tapping into another side, whatever that means. I don't know. But this is this comes to show you that the influence that Parsons had even till this day. There's fucking cartoon characters, Tony Stark, Iron Man, bro. When the Marvel universe is modeled after him. Lately, we have been introducing you to all the amazing products Ascent Nutrition has to offer. This week, I'm very excited to tell you about their full-spectrum hemp oil. Ascent Nutrition's full-spectrum hemp oil utilizes superior plant genetics and an organic proprietary blend of natural ingredients. Their hemp oil contains not only an abundance of CBD, but 119 other phytocannabinoids found within the spectrum of the hemp plant. 
According to the National Center of Biotechnology Information, this strain is the gold standard in hemp genome sequencing. Ascent also uses a unique method that ensures infusion of significantly more phytocannabinoids and CBD than all other competitors they tested against, including most of the leading CBD companies. I challenge everyone in the audience that uses CBD, as well as those of you who may have tried other CBD options and didn't get any results, to try Ascent Nutrition's full-spectrum hemp oil, which is guaranteed to be much stronger and contains more phytonutrients than any others on the market. Just click the link in the description or visit GoAscentNutrition.com and use coupon code FKN to get 10% off your entire purchase. Well, I think that so, was like the whole point of UFO, I mean UFO, Hollywood kind of in the media mixing in these facts with the fiction. And, you know, we both know CIA writes for Hollywood, Hollywood writes for CIA, uh, Hollywood writes for reality for what we see, because most of the things that we see on TV, whether it's a movie or actual news has been scripted anyway, but they've done a great job of making this stuff seem kind of woo-woo and fake through uh, the magic of Hollywood to where they portray it a certain way to make people think it's not real. I know that there's so many yeah. res uh, researcher friends of mine that won't go past a certain point of research when they hit the occult aspects of it, when they hit that these elite people uh, were highly into uh, occult spirituality and rituals and uh and uh, ritual magic and all these things that uh, will just stop them dead in their tracks and their research. Uh, but it's like the most important part that you can't really even start understanding what's going on until you start looking at that stuff. And yeah, it's scary, right? Because there, there are some topics that you're not supposed to really dig into. And there are some rabbit holes that will lead you to some dark places. But it's funny that you mentioned Hollywood because I've always said this. When they make these movies, they don't make them just because they follow an alchemical process all these with the symbolism symbols yes. are the language of the soul so they're they're doing their own ritual all at the same time and you're just partaking in it by being the observer we know the observer effect is a real thing okay quantum physics is magic right it's just named scientific so it looks cool and it sounds cool but what they're doing is fucking magic all right we're using scrying mirrors every time we use our phone. These are, you know, these are scrying mirrors, okay? Yeah. And this gets into Anakian magic with John D. And they were wife swapping and all this shit, right, with Edward Kelly. So we use, again, things that we don't understand today, okay? This, I don't understand how the technology right now that we're talking on right now, Chris, I don't know how it works. It just works, but we still use it, okay? So... I was able to dig up some stuff, and I forget the, it's a, a, a Secret Societies and Psychological Warfare, Michael Hoffman, where he brings, he brought up, and I was able to confirm it, because when I'm doing research, I like to confirm it. I don't like to just take somebody's word for it. Oh, that's cool. I like to look into it. So Jack's father, Marvel H. Parsons, that Parsons last name, you can trace it back to the witch of the Northampton, which was uh, not part of the Salem witch trials, but the jury that was part of that trial of, was the ones that convicted. I think it's like eight or nine generations. Parsons, great, 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 great grandma was supposedly talking to the devil. 
Okay, so we have the parson's name, which has a, a magical attribution to it. Now, the reason that they say that is because uh, when his mom divorced his his dad, she kept the parson's last name. She kept, she didn't switch her name again. You know how usually they, they you know, when your parents split up or whatever, that she changes her last name again. No, she kept it because supposedly she understood that it was a, uh, had some sort of esoteric or occult significance, the parson's last name. Marvel H. Parsons, H.P. I've talked to, to a few people about this before. Shout out to Slick Dissident, where it's uh, there are these ciphers that these occultists use, and the H.P. letters in the names are almost like a sort of mantle. So you have H.P. Blavatsky, uh, Manly P. Hall, you know, that H.P. you have. Uh, Marvel H Parsons HP HP Lovecraft. Okay, so you have these th this mantle, almost like uh like a you know tip of the hat. Like, hey, I know who you are. You know what I mean? Nice. We're talking to each other because you got to understand that symbolism to the uninitiated is nothing. It's a it's fucking hieroglyphs, mm. but to the initiated, it's an entire different language. So when you see something you don't understand, it doesn't mean that it doesn't mean anything. It means that you haven't been initiated. And you don't know what it is. It's a big club and you're not in it, right? This is what they say. And you mentioned movies. Another one of the interesting things, because I've always said this, I, I did this episode on the Transformers Alchemical Decipher, where when they would when they would film on set for uh, you know, usually they when these movies they film on set, they it's just a set, right? This let's pretend this is XYZ. No, the Transformer movie, they would actually go to the spot that they were recording at, the actual place. Now, there, there's a whole rabbit hole with the Transformers and the symbolism behind that. But essentially, the whole Full Metal Alchemist, what the fuck are the, the Transformers? They're Full Metal, okay? So they're alchemists and they're portraying all this magical stuff out. Now, you can go check that episode out. It's like episode fucking 80, 81, something like that. It's like a two-hour, three-hour episode. So... Parsons and his friends, when he was in school, they would write these scripts. Okay, they would write these scripts for these movies, and, and there were there was a there was two of them. The one in particular, they predicted that they that he was going to meet L. Ron Hubbard before he actually did. You know, a couple years before, and every character was portrayed after a different person. But there was this other story, in particular, I forgot the name. I have it somewhere here, where he predicted his death. Okay, spoiler alert, Parsons blew himself up. Now, there's arguably, uh, there's a debate as to why he blew himself up, which we can get into. But in this story that he wrote with his friends, the character that was portrayed, that was portraying Parsons, blows himself up trying to stop his own experiment. Two years before he had blown himself up. One of the characters gets extradited to China. Okay. One of his friends that was part of Gausset, JPL, gets extradited to China and becomes the head guy for the ICBM program for China for Mao. So arguably, if they wouldn't have investigated them because of communism, which that's what happened to them. They were being investigated for communism. Obviously, they, they had intelligence of missiles. Supposedly, Parsons was going to go work for Israel when it had just become a nation and he was going to lead their bomb program. And he just ha so happened to die right before that. So there's a conspiracy as to why he died. You know, some say he was making a homunculus. 
And he blew himself up trying to make a homunculus, you know, an alchemical homunculus. Some say he summoned a fire elemental and he blew himself up. Some say that he could have uh, did a body double. He could have swapped himself out almost like a, like a, an, like an Epstein. Yeah. Okay. Supposedly he switched himself out because the guy that was mutilated at the scene had half his face blown off, was missing an arm and a, and a leg, and he couldn't talk. So, can we prove that it was actually him? We don't know, right? right? And there was one more where he was murdered because the the way that it was set up in the the way that the explosion happened, you know, it folded the floorboards up. Uh, he had been a a key witness because he was a, a, an explosives expert to the incarceration of. There was a case where they were trying to kill. I believe it was a police chief within their own department. They they tried a car bombing, killing one of their own guys, and he was the main dude. He there's a famous picture where you see him with a bomb with like a fuse. That's at that trial. I forget the name of the trial, but anyways, it's it's irrelevant. But that guy he had uh, came out a few months before out of jail, and again he tried to kill somebody. With a car bomb, so he was also into explosives, and supposedly they planted an explosive and killed Parsons to get revenge. Now, this idea that they're they're fusing reality with these stories. We know that words have power. It's it's called spelling. Okay. And when you magically charge things, they, you know, I believe that they do manifest. That's why I'm very careful with what I say, even if I'm kidding around, because once you put that into the ether. You don't know what's going to happen. You know what I mean? You can you can say something like, oh, Joe, oh, you know, if I see somebody with bald tires, I'm like, hey, you better change those tires before you fucking crash into a wall. Like, no, I'll be like, hey, can you change your tires because your tires are bald? You know what I mean? So right. there's a ways of going about things without sort of planting that seed, because I, I do believe in, in the law of attraction and, ma and manifestation. So, yeah, these guys were writing stories that were coming true. And they were, he was a rocket scientist. So the other interesting aspect to this whole story, which, and this is how I, I lead it over to what we're going to be talking about, because there's talks about that, you know, you have the Cairo working, which Crowley talked to Iowas, and then you have the Alamantra workings, which it was in, I believe, 1917, where Crowley saw lamb which was a a species of gray okay in in 19 1970 in his uh, in his new york apartment right uh, supposedly he saw a lamb that's the the bulb headed drawing and there's a lot of weird shit that they do with that drawing there's i believe it was either i forget which kenneth it is it's either grant or anger one of the two uh he they said that they would meditate upon this drawing of lamb and they were able to go into Lamb's head, into the transcendental meditation, and do all these things where, again, if you want to believe in that type of shit, I think it's true. Whatever. I mean, again, do whatever you want to do as long as you don't hurt yourself or hurt others. Like, you know what I mean? But I do believe that there are other worldly forces at work, right? And there are high vibrational entities, how there are lower vibrational entities, okay? And you get what you put out. Look at the end of Crowley's life. He died miserably you know, addicted to drugs. All the women that were in his life went fucking cuckoo, right? They all went crazy. Why? Because I feel like he was sacrificing their energy, you know, substituting it for his, but you can only do that for so long. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. You can only do that for so long until it catches up to you. And I do believe that there's a filter when it comes to this occult shit. There's a filter. And once you wear away at that filter, you open yourself up to whatever it is. Okay. You have these guys taking oaths to the abyss or where they let go of the ego. They let it take over. Now, the main thing with Parsons and a lot of people know him for is the Babylon working ritual where he tried to summon the Scarlet Woman, the whore Babylon, right, as a literal manifestation. Now, he did this with L. Ron Hubbard. Okay. We know about Scientology. We know that it's a fucking cult, right? A lot of people will say, no, I'm in Florida and St. Pete, dude, they own blocks. Okay. They own blocks and blocks of, of the city. They own these giant, beautiful buildings because okay? they're gorgeous immaculate bro super clean but the guy that was that founded that was involved was a crowley fanatic he was obsessed with his guardian angel and all these things that the thelemites talk about and he partook in this ritual with parsons okay, the babylon working which happened from january 1946 to march 1946 and and this whole thing, it was pretty much, dude, if you can envision two dudes, well, one was a scribe and the other was jerking off, okay, on talismans and shit in the sex middle of the magic, desert. Right? Sex magic, Yeah, sex magic. Exactly. Sex magic. Yeah. Because the, in Thelemic uh, cosmology, I guess, if you want to call it, or beliefs, they believe that at the peak of, well, really any sex magic. They believe that at the peak of orgasm, you're connected to the universe and you're able to when you're at orgasm at that peak, your subconscious mind comes out and you're able to imprint things on that subconscious. And when you come down from that high, it's it's imprinted in your subconscious and that supposedly manifests things in well, supposedly the they do some nasty butt stuff too, but you know, <laughs> well, yeah. Cause that's the whole thing with, with, <laughs> with Crowley and them because they, they, it's all about not so much butt stuff, bro, <laughs> yeah, right. but the, you know, this got to do with, it, it, there's different paths, right? You have the left hand and right hand and, you know, some believe in retention, others believe in, and letting it go. So there's a thing called magical masturbation where you withhold your semen in and you, and it, helps you manifest things whatever dude like so, so right. i think it's real bro okay not that i practice it because i have the utmost respect for it maybe perhaps because i was i was raised pentecostal christian <laughs> so i yeah, tune into my next show magical masturbation it'll be <laughs> on after this we'll talk about it all <laughs> that's for the only fans so yeah these guys are doing sex magic which is just that they they believe that through the use of sex you are able to manifest things because at the peak you're connected to the universe right the 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 the, the one consciousness the akashic records whatever it may be mm. but though what was where was i gonna go with it so anyway, anyways these two guys are in the desert and i was gonna say something else about sex magic oh yeah so the whole thing with with these initiations and these secret societies bro whether whether it be the oto or golden dawn uh, Philema, whatever the Rosicrucians, Illuminati, whatever. Because mm. you mentioned the butt stuff, right? Their whole thing was about breaking taboos, okay? About that the shock of breaking this taboo is supposed to shock the initiate 
So they let go of anything that they knew to be real in their life. They let it go. Right. So when they tell you, you know, do X, Y, Z without getting too graphic with it. But again, you, you, you know, if you're a, a straight male and this dude's asking you to do something, right? it's like, wait, what? When Edward Kelly told John D that his, that the angels were telling him that they needed to swap wives, you know, it was like, wait a minute. Wow. It's like, Hey, how, are you going to fuck with divine intervention, bro? Are you going to, are you going to deny the angels? They're saying that we need to swap wives. I need to cuck you, bro. Well, I guess, dude. I mean, the angel said that. Yeah, the angel said that. Okay. So mind you, you have John D. Edward Kelly. Edward Kelly was the scry- uh, was looking into the aethers. He was scrying, looking into through the veil. You had John D. as the scribe. So in this story, in the Babylon working, you have L. Ron Hubbard as the scribe writing everything down that Parsons is doing. And Parsons is doing the scrying, looking through the other side. So you have this parallel. John D. is L. Ron Hubbard and Edward Kelly is Parsons. Keep that in mind, because I, I'm, I'm telling you that that these guys either repeat history in real life or stories in real life. So keep that keep that in mind, that historical account of John D. and Edward Kelly and Parsons and L. Ron Hubbard. So they do this crazy ritual. They have poltergeist activity at the parsonage, which was their their house that they had. They, which was like pretty much like a club, bro. They had a ton tons of people living there. Uh, they they all just had sex with each other. It was just a a, a bunch of swingers and bullshit. Yeah. So and it's funny because he uh, Parsons had a magical sword which he made like the, the ghost go away or some shit. So he had like he was known to like swing around like a magical sword to like make things go away. Like there was this poultry guy that was fucking with L. Ron Hubbard. He, he hit his arm and his arm was paralyzed. And L. Ron Hubbard or Parsons had to come out and like swing his little magical sword to make it go away. So they do Man, that's this a party whole, right there, bro. That's a fucking party, right? <laughs> so they do this whole thing right in the desert and they invoke. The, the horror Babylon. Now, at first, they don't, uh, Parsons is really down, doesn't feel like it's working. And then in comes Marjorie Cameron, which Marjorie Cameron, dude, is connected to a bunch of people in Hollywood. Okay. So this is where I am able to trace, you know, you can trace things back to Marjorie Cameron, even some stuff with. I'm not going to say names, but even some stuff to a bunch of Hollywood actors. Now, mind you, there was alleged accusations of Parsons raping a boy, a 16 year old boy one time with him and his posse at the Parsonage. This was before Hollywood and all this QAnon shit. Mm -hmm. All right. So when the cops came to investigate it, they wrote it off. Like, oh, it doesn't matter. At the parsonage, they had elites coming in there, doctors, actors, musicians, uh, government people. They had a bunch of people going there. They lived next to the, the widow of Anweiser Bush, right? The, the fucking beer people. They, they lived next to the widow of that guy. Okay. So you're talking, you're talking about millionaires row. You're not talking about some, you know, hole in the wall type place. It was a, a mansion. And there was reports that they were doing like pagan activity, jumping over fires and, you know, doing all this shit on the property, which was true. 
But whenever the police were called, they would always write it off like, no, it's just, it's whatever. It's, it's all good. So keep that in mind that it, it is, uh, you know, this is all before Hollywood, really, you know, what we're seeing today with this whole, you know, drain the swamp. I mean, guys like that probably have the police and law enforcement and local politicians in their pocket. They might probably have local politicians jumping through the fucking fire and uh, raping kids with them, you know? So it's all all connected in these elite circles. So we have this relationship between Parsons and Hubbard and Hubbard being the founder of Scientology, which he founded Scientology after the fact. And I, I mentioned earlier, John D and Edward Kelly. So after their Babylon wor- uh, working, in comes Marjorie Cameron, which Parsons believed to be the reincarnation of the whore of Babylon. So their actual moon child, okay, their actual homunculus, if you will, right? If you've ever seen the show Full Metal Alchemist, we know that the homunculus run the show and we know what it takes to make the Philosopher's Stone. So these guys were trying to bring forth this archetype in order to it was for like the sexual uh to to release the sexual oppression of humanity or some shit she was supposed to bring on a new aeon a new mm. age and all this stuff which you could arguably say that they accomplished because look at the right. 60s and 70s you know what i mean like they were all right on dude oh, yeah, you know man. fucking peace and love brother you know like all these things so you could arguably say that the maybe you know they they did bring something forth after this, we have Roswell, right? 1948, we have Roswell. This is near the time uh, after the Babylon working. So we have that idea. There's also the idea that Hillary Clinton is this moon child. Because one of the magical names that the whore of Babylon supposedly, you know, one of the magical names that Marjorie took on and that Parsons gave to her was Hilarion. So we have this idea that Hilarion, Hillary Clinton, is the the <laughs> the moon child of this lady that she got pregnant with so because after he saw marjorie that she showed up at the parsonage because again he was down didn't think it worked as soon as she showed up to his door he went on like there was like a two-week period where they just had sex they were just he wanted to continue the ritual because he thought that she was the, the reincarnation mind you she didn't know that so he was doing this with her <laughs> without her knowledge so long story short she starts seeing ufos right he asked her for a for a a sign like hey listen i need you i need to know that you're the one for me and supposedly she saw a ufo whatever so keep in mind marjorie cameron now the parallel between john d and edward kelly so the first wife of parsons he was he was only married twice but he had three wives uh three lady friends in his life the first one he married and she went off with some other guy, right? His name is relevant, but he was one of the head people in the lodge. <laughs> and the way that they were able to kick him out was because uh, Crowley made him think that he was a god. And there was a thing known as like magical retirement. And Crowley wrote like this letter and like gematria and numerology and made him believe that he was a god and that he needed to retire himself to go find his inner god somewhere. And the dude was so full of, of, of himself that he left. He's like, I'm going to go find the inner god in me. And go off somewhere in the mountain somewhere. So he got him out and put Parsons in charge. His first wife went off with, with that guy, right? Forget his name. The second chick, which was his first wife's sister, goes off with Hubbard. Okay. So Hubbard steals his chick and runs off with her. Okay. 
Now, Edward Kelly, in their story, stole John D's wife and his money and everything that he had and dipped. So you have this parallel of John D, Edward Kelly, and L. Ron Hubbard and Jack Parsons, where Parsons is the one that he had money stolen from him. Uh, uh, L. Ron Hubbard stole his chick, right? So he stole his chick. And the way that they were able to do that was L. Ron Hubbard wanted to do this, this business deal. They wanted to buy some yachts, okay, in Miami, uh, uh drive them through the, the Panama Canal and sell them on the West Coast, right? So Parsons put in all his life savings. And they, uh, Ron Hubbard went with the chick. Uh, uh, I believe her name was Betty. And she went, or I might have their names mixed up. Anyways, his second chick. They went and they bought the boat and they dipped with Parsons' life savings. So you have the parallel where John D was left penniless and without, a, without his wife. So... Supposedly, he invoked some demon, some elemental. They had escaped on the boat, and there was a big storm in the middle of the night, and it made him come back onto land. So, again, we're dealing with these magicians that I believe that they had, you know, they have power. Now, at what cost, you know, and what are you doing to acquire that power? That's a whole other rabbit hole. But I, he supposedly invoked the, I think it was Bartzabelle which is the Mars archetype, the demon, and one of the, one of the most dangerous demons that you could work with. And he invoked them, and they were forced back onto land, where he held them hostage. Long story short, he was able to recover some money, not all of it. Dude kept, uh, uh, L. Ron Hubbard kept one of the boats, right? Man, I can't imagine the stories that were never written down anywhere, that were never told, that we don't know about, especially in these elite circles about ritual magic, ceremonial magic, and summoning entities and, and elementals, like you said, man. That's some crazy stuff, but these guys, they believe in it, and I believe, just like you, that they have some power and they use it, for sure. The main thing being faith, Chris, because... In order for magic to work, you need to believe in it. You need to have faith in it. So these guys have all the faith in the world when it comes to the occult. Parsons was blowing up rockets. So when he was doing any occult shit, he wanted results. Okay, This is a guy that watches things go up into the sky because of what he's doing. So if he's chanting and doing all this shit, he wants to see results. So he's pushing the envelope. So after... L. Ron Hubbard and uh, it was, I believe it was Betty. She left. They're out of the picture. He goes on to establish, uh, to establish Scientology. And that's a whole other rabbit hole over there. Like Dianetics <laughs> supposedly was inspired through, through Crowley. In come Marjorie Cameron. So he's doing all this stuff with her. He thinks that she's the reincarnation of the whore of Babylon. And after Parsons dies, right, she goes on to establish a cult. I believe it was called the Children. And in this cult, they were wanting to make an interracial star child, a homunculus, an interracial homunculus. So it was like four black dudes, one chick, uh, a bunch of like four chicks, and they would each take turns impregnating the chick all together all guys at the same time right bukaki style whatever gangbang whatever all at the same time there was a cult and they were trying to come bring forth a homunculus a star child mm. 
that's what she does after the fact. Let's uh, let's go back a little bit. Supposedly, from the two weeks that they were together, her and Parsons, she had an abortion. Now, Parsons started to believe that she wasn't the actual reincarnation of the Babylon after the fact. He thought maybe it was, you know, uh, um, like a metaphysical thing, not so much a child or the woman that he was seeing. So she has an abortion and allegedly this is again, according to Michael Hoffman, I was, I'm not able to confirm any of this shit. He says that of that abortion that Marjorie Cameron had, which was allegedly Parsons offspring, that the tissue samples from that, they turned it into the government. Okay. Allegedly. So hinting at the fact that the government is intrigued by the metaphysical magical aspect to all this because uh, allegedly according to part uh, to to l ron hubbard he was a plant sent in by the cia but again this is the guy that wrote the most fiction of all time okay so the guy had a bunch of cool stories to tell but john again going back to john d john d was the original 007 the two balls one came so who knows if L. Ron Hubbard was actually part of the CIA or, you know, there to spy on Parsons and supposedly he was put there to break the parsonage up because maybe he was getting too powerful. Who knows? You know what I mean? Like you always have to keep these things in mind. I'm not able to prove that, but that's what some researchers say. I wouldn't put it past the government that they were intrigued by what Parsons was doing. He was he owned he had a high ownership of one of the biggest companies of all time, JPL. Okay. They wanted him out. Okay. So this is a guy with knowledge to explosives and all these things. And after he eventually retired from JPL, he was in talks with Israel to be a a leading in their ICBM program. And it's all very fishy. So there, 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 you can go whichever down, whichever rabbit hole you want. But point is that we're probably not ever going to find out what actually happened to Hubbard. So she turns in this tissue sample of her abortion to the authorities, hinting at that supposedly they were involved. They wanted to they knew about the homunculus or they wanted to make their own homunculus or they that they already had a homunculus. Because another one of the things is at the Trinity site, there is the I believe it's called the the big look up the name here real quick. There is that capsule at the Trinity site. Now, think about it. New Mexico, the land of enchantment. And then the Trinity site. That's an interesting name. The Holy Trinity? Or what are you, what are you getting at? So it was the, the jumbo the, at the Trinity site. That capsule, supposedly, again, according to Michael Hoffman, they, were, they had in there, they were trying to radioactively, radioactively or alchemically make a homunculus within that giant thing they said it was to stop the explosion or some bullshit but it's like you know what i mean like a lot of the things that these people do it's kind of you know it's kind of weird you know it's it's not so that's again according to michael hoffman's research which i couldn't prove when i was doing this episode i I can't prove that I, i don't know where to look for that so uh you know parsons dies he had taken an oath, uh, an oath to the abyss and all these things before he died. Uh, supposedly he had a vision with the, with a horror Babylon. And she told him that if he was able to live for another seven years, that he would 
I forgot what she told me. He would become like the most powerful thing ever. Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, he's talking to uh, to this entity that says, if you survive for another seven years, you know, you'll be in land or something like that. Now, if this is an entity outside the fabric of space and time, and it knows that Parsons is not going to last another seven years, why would it say that? It's like almost trolling him like, hey, listen, <laughs> if you survive another seven years, which he didn't, because he died mm. shortly after this experience that he had, that's kind of fucked up, right? Like this entity was talking to him and was telling him, you know, like, hey, you know, if, if you survive, you'll be going to try to find the... Yeah. Well, man, where do you think all of his um, research and the the occult aspects of what he was doing, where do you think that actually brought NASA and and places like that um, to modern times? And how does that tie in with, well, you know, modern rocketry, the BS that NASA shows us, um, the, the, the fakery that NASA shows us, and the agendas that they uh, try and portray that are not that are fake that are basically uh not anything like the nature of a real reality that they're trying to show us uh what do you think about that so here's where it gets weird right so that that's like the the on crack explanation of jack parsons i go into detail episode 85 of my podcast two and a half hour show Plenty of dick jokes, little skits all throughout. I did it with my, my boy, with my boy Anton. Now I took it a step further. I got together with the guys at the Universe podcast, and they were so intrigued by the research I had done. They wanted to do like a deep dive. So we started digging up. You know, we had uh, Parsons' birth chart open, Margie Cameron's, which she has the fucking same birthday as I do, April twenty third. Oh shit! So yeah, it's weird. So. You know, you have all, so Margie Cameron, this is really weird figure. She was involved with Kenneth Anger, which inauguration of the Pleasure Dome, which is a movie that he produced a, sh- a short film. Now, Marjorie Cameron believed that he was murdered. Okay. And she was, she was an, an occultist. She supposedly uh, could see hell at, at the bottom of a well when at some, at her grandma's house when she was a little girl she was having sex at like 12 years old like she was fucked up she was crazy and she was an occultist right she had these paint she would paint she painted parsons as uh this this uh dark angel which i believe that's the name of the of the series that they made of him uh on i think it's cbs or something like that so she's seeing flying saucers and she said that they were not high tech but rather a restoration of the elemental powers now she was involved with kenneth anger this is a very enigmatic guy it's connected to hollywood the satanic panic shortly after that all this stuff and in this one of the things that stood out to me was she plays both the scarlet woman and kali the hindu goddess of destruction in this movie of Kenneth Anger. Now, these guys are supposedly putting out charge films, you know, with occult powers and all this shit, right? They were involved in the whole satanic panic, that Zeppelin, all these guys, Rosemary's Baby, all these weird occult, you know, shit that happened. They, this guy was, you know, like the, 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 the starting point of all that. 
So she's playing the Scarlet Woman and Kali. Now, you're saying, where are we today? Right? Where, who is the most famous occultist of today? I don't know. Well, well where does the, his, his work and where does it, the, the things that he was dabbling in and the type of magic he was doing, where does that bring us today and how is it connected, if at all, with NASA and modern rocketry and things like maybe uh, CERN and other types of uh, high technology? So back to the eternal, immortal alchemist at the beginning. Okay. So we have this figure that supposedly was able to figure out eternal life. You have the, the idea of reincarnation as well, that people jump into other bodies after they pass on, samsara, Ouroboros, whatever. There are figures at CERN which supposedly... You know, because of the Babylon working, we had a rip in space and time open up and these entities were able to come through. Now, I mentioned earlier as well that quantum physics is magic. Now, fast forward to CERN. We have the statue at the front of CERN, which is the counterpart. So it's Shiva the destroyer, right? But Shiva is the counterpart to Kali, which we know Marjorie Cameron played in that movie, the inauguration of the Pleasure Dome. Okay, so we have this thing. I was able to look up, bro. There are people named literally Jack Parsons that work at CERN. Okay, so the idea that these immortal alchemists are jumping from timeline to timeline, from story to story, reflecting, you know, using mirror magic in real time, in this real realm, there's a guy named uh, Crowley, Crowley Crowley, that was one of the head guys at CERN. Now, it's interesting because I'm not able to find anything on this guy. His name was like Milton uh, Crowley. Crowley. I'm going to look it up. Crowley. Crowley. I'm just going off the top of my head right now. So Crowley Crowley at CERN. So check this out. The guy's name was Michael Crowley Millings. Now, he changed his name in 1947 when Crowley died to Michael Crowley, Crowley Milling. So he added a Crowley <laughs> the no year shit. that Crowley died. Now, that, uh, that whatever, that's cool. You know, I, I do believe that these guys are able to jump into other bodies. So this guy works his way up. He's like one of the guys that helps develop the, the CERN, uh, the Large Hydron Collider. He was one of the top guys. But I'm not able to find any other information on this guy other than when, you know, what year he was born, but he was part of like some secret society. Uh, he was into restoring Alfa Romero's, which if you look at the logo to the Alfa Romero, again, things that I probably don't want to be looking down, you know, those type of rabbit holes. But this idea that there's this eternal immortal alchemist, and I think that they all share the secret because they're all sworn to secrecy. Right, all these guys in these secret societies are all sworn to secrecy. Now, if they're able to tap into that individually, that's on them. But they are—they know some secret. Now, there's a guy named literally Jack Parsons that works at CERN till this day, like in modern times. Okay, what are they trying to do at CERN? They're trying to what? Open up? To, they're trying to find. So the the official narrative is they're trying to find the Higgs boson. The, yeah, what God is the particle. Higgs boson? The, yeah, the goddamned article okay so <laughs> right. you know there's these there's these quotes that you always hear but you don't hear the whole thing so uh you know as above so below 
for the creation, da da da. So it's it's not just as above, so below, it's to the miracle of creation or something like that. So it's the God damned particle. Now, what is the Higgs boson? The Higgs boson has a mass. Now, if you're able to make a Higgs boson with a different mass that's in this reality, essentially in every single reality in the multiverse, the Higgs boson weighs a different, has a different mass in according to whatever dimension it's in. So that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to prove the existence of that they tapped into some other dimension by what? By creating a Higgs boson of a different mass, therefore proving that they were able to tap into another dimension. Now, we know that they do this already. You have Jordy Rose of Kindred AI, uh, uh, D-Wave, Quantum, D not, he's not there anymore, but D-Wave Computers, mm -hmm. where he, you know, I mentioned HP Lovecraft earlier. Did you know that there's a feature on Pluto, the god of like war and destruction, named after Cthulhu? HP oh, Lovecraft's Cthulhu. Okay. Right. So HP Lovecraft's Cthulhu has a feature on Pluto named after that character. Yeah. Geordi Rose talks about how I've they heard that TED talk, bro. That thing is uh, freaky. You know what I'm talking, talking about? Some of the old ones. And it gets harder and harder to find it every single time yeah. that as time goes on. But they're the ones talking about this. I'm not making this shit up. Like he yeah. literally said himself that they are literally opening up, you know, that these entities and he compares them to Lovecraft's great old ones, which if you know Lovecraftian mythos, they're not good guys. Okay. They're these <laughs> no entities that sit way. outside the fabric of space and time and they kill humanity. They, they, they you know, the, the ever slumbering, Cthulhu, well, he even said uh, it. Real, We're yeah. kind of just like ants to them. They could give yeah. a shit less, but if they're going to come across us, they're just going to stomp us, you know? So you have Crowley talking to Lamb, you know, a little gray reptilian or gray, you know, humanoid, homunculus, whatever. You have Roswell after the Babylon working ritual, which supposedly they opened up a portal to some other dimension. They didn't close it out. They didn't know how to do it. You have UFOs coming in and out. But the one thing about that theory is that there's accounts of UFOs since before that. But I feel, that, again, there's different races of alien greys or reptilians. So I think well, wasn't it more of the saucer that we started seeing kind of mm -hmm. after that uh, event? So, again, if they, were, if they opened up a portal to another dimension, I don't know. Now, CERN. You have Shiva at the front of it. You have this Marjorie Cameron lady playing Kali, his counterpart, okay? Because Shiva's the male, Kali's the female. You have, again, the yin and yang there of that mythology, and she's the counterpart. You have an episode, I think it was the, of the Big Bang Theory, where the guy in the show, they go to CERN to check out the Hydrogen Collider. Now, one of the, guy, one of the actors' names or the character's name was like, jimmy something and then the other guy's name or like jack something and then the other guy's last name like the two different characters was parsons okay so you have jack the first name of the one guy and then parsons the name of the other guy in again in an episode about cern and the big bang theory so you have hollywood involved because remember they're not going to come out and just blatantly put the symbolism out there for you to see it you know, that's the whole thing with alchemy. That's why there's all these symbols and all these things, because they're not just going to come out X, Y, Z. That's why it's a cult. It's hidden in plain sight, but it's hidden. And you need to be able to decipher. That's why I said 
earlier, if you're not initiated, these symbols that you're looking at, these ciphers that you're looking at, these alchemical symbols that you're looking at, you're not going to fucking know what they mean. Right. That's part of it because they want to be able that that's the whole thing. They want to be able to put it out in the open right, for the world to see. What, what did Shakespeare say? The world's a stage. Now, who was Shakespeare? Francis Bacon. All right. So who or whoever you want to believe. So yeah. the world's a stage. So they're putting up their act or ritual, whatever it is, their ceremony that they're doing, and they're doing their thing for what it is. I don't know. But I really all this all the way back to CERN where you have literally a Crowley Crowley working at CERN at the top levels of CERN changes his last name. The year, you know, adds a Crowley, the, the year that Crowley dies, you have a Jack Parsons working there. We know that they were friends, that they were working together. They were sort of doing the same thing because it's all at a quantum level. They're trying to open up portals to usher in what a new era to usher in a new age, right? It was all about the age of Aquarius or whatever the fuck it is that they talk about. All these things, which if you watch the movies about CERN, okay, that movie, Angels and Demons, that was that shot at the front of CERN, yeah. okay? Yeah. You know, you have the Spider-Man movie, Enter the Spideyverse, where it's multiple dimensions of what they were fucking around with black holes and all this stuff, which is what these guys were trying to do because they were trying to manifest into the real world an otherworldly entity okay through what through chemical means through magical means i think cern and all these motherfuckers are all doing the same thing and even the temple that cern is built on it's like an apollyon temple or something bro if you look up who apollyon is he's not a good guy he's the right. angel of the abyss bro you know what i mean the 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 keys. He's the, he's the one that they give the key and he opens up the, the bottomless pit. Now, take that for whatever you will, but I 100% believe that these guys are doing all this stuff and it's at a, I think it's bigger than what we make it out to be. But, you know, back to your question of where is it at now? I think it's, I think it's what CERN is, bro. I think it's what this, this quantum physics and quantum computing, all this stuff is just another word for magic. Because that's what they're trying to do. Because the whole thing with as above, so below, you know, you have teachings of Helena Blavatsky and all these guys where they believe that whatever happens internally, you know, we're, we're, what did Crowley say? We're all stars or some shit like that. You know what I mean? We're all stars. Uh, so we're tiny universes. So if we're able to understand ourselves, the microcosm, we're able to understand the macrocosm as above, so below. So this is what these guys are doing. You know, if that if that aphorism tells you that it's the same thing down here as it is in the bigger scale, just take it down a notch. An atom, you know, if there if quantum entanglement is able to happen with atoms, as above, so below. You know what I mean? If it's if it's able to happen on an atomic level, zoom out. It's able to happen to us in this scale. You know what I mean? That's so, absolutely crazy, man. It makes me wonder what they've already accomplished with this that's unseen. Uh, what effects this could already be having on our reality, on our future, on our past. You know, is a Mandela effect a, really a part of some of this stuff? I don't know, but it's, you know, kind of plausible with all this stuff. It's pretty insane. Yeah, I, I mean, it's again, it's happening behind the scenes. Now, this is why I tell people it's good to know... You know, not everything is a conspiracy, but a lot of things are 
conspiracies. Now, it's good to know about these things, not so much practicing the occult, but it's good to know about the occult. That way you're able to identify it when it's presented. Like, bro, I was watching, I've been watching Survivor the latest season. I think Survivor is occultic as fuck. The show Survivor, one of the longest running shows, right? And I, I've never seen Survivor before. This is my first season, the, 40, the 42nd season. They got the pyramids everywhere. They got the Ouroboros. They're talking about enlightening and bringing forth your best self and all this shit. You know what I mean? They're isolated in, in some island somewhere. You know what I mean? Like all these weird things. All their acts are like balancing acts, which if you look at the tarot, you know, you got the juggler, you got the magician, you have all these weird things, you know, the, the hangman, you know, upside down, all this shit. Yeah. Like they're all balancing acts and puzzles. Which, oh, one, one, yeah, one of the other things, uh, CERN, Seronos, which is the stag-headed fertility god, the wild god. Well, it sounds like Pan. Pan is the same thing. You know what I mean? So Pan yeah. and Seronos Cer are kind of like the same entity. So, and then that's the archetype of Satan or whoever it is that you want to uh, attribute it to. But Parsons was what? Invoking Pan. At, at every test site that they were doing, every every liftoff that he was doing, he was invoking Pan. Who was obsessed with Pan? Crowley was obsessed with Pan. Like all these guys, you know what I mean? Like they were obsessed with this god. And Seronos is pretty much the same thing. The stag-headed god for fertility and shit. Man, this is incredible. This is some fantastic uh, work, some fantastic research. Uh, good job, man. I want to go back to a second to what you were saying about uh, soul jumping. And I... I this is a fascinating possibility that, you know, possibly from ancient times, ancient Egypt, that the pharaohs knew this 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 ritual that would allow their their soul to transcend to the next generation, and they would carry on as ruler for for multiple multiple generations, possibly even until modern times. Uh, what do you think about that? We have, you know, I feel two different ways about it. A hundred percent, I believe that these Egyptians, uh, these shamans of back then, they were able to tap into other frequencies of reality. You know, we know we don't know why the pyramids were built. We don't know what purpose that they served. If they were even built by the Egyptians, if you notice all these ancient civilizations, uh, I know you've had Jared Murphy on, right? Jared Murphy with "It's Not Aliens, It's Us." Yeah. His idea of the whole, you know, Amazon being this botanical garden, you know, this out of control botanical garden in this bioengineered soil where th that there was advanced, this advanced civilization back then that was able to literally change their genome, their genetic makeup. What if they turn into the reptilians in order to survive better because they were out in the desert somewhere? You know, we don't know. Yeah. But this possibility that there's this wide network of interconnected soil. Uh, you know, on, on different parts of the world of the same makeup of soil throughout different parts of the world. It's like, was it the same people? Did they know something? What I believe that they were able to do is they were able to tap into a certain frequency at a certain time of day. And that's why all these civilizations got up and left. You have the Mayan civilization. You have people on Mohenjo Daro. You have the Egyptians. They were taken out by who? The Hyksos. Well, who, who are the Hyksos? Ah, we don't know. A nomadic tribe. Wait, what? Yeah, they were just taken out. So one of the greatest civilizations of all time was taken out by some nomadic tribe of people, the Hyksos. Yeah, the Hyksos. Well, who are they? We don't know. 
Okay. Uh, so that doesn't add up. What happened to the mines? Oh, we don't know either. They just died off. Wait, what? What happened to the indigenous people of Florida in the 18 and 1700s and all this stuff? Oh, they were killed off. Were they? You know what I mean? Like, were they really killed off? Like, there's a lot of different dots, like, as you go looking that don't make sense. But another aspect I see is there's a reason we have these pharaohs DNA, bro. These mummies, we have their DNA. So who's to say that they're not being cloned and just keep the bloodline alive, bro. Keep her coming. You know, the next guy over the next guy over. We, you know, we we're not able to prove it. It's like how I tell people, it's like, well, it might be true. How it might not not be true. You know what I mean? Like I keep my mind open, but not so much that my brain falls out type of thing. Yeah, that's a good way to be, man, for sure. I'm always ready to have my paradigm shifted and uh, my my belief system shifted for sure. Let's let's close on this. I don't know if you saw uh, the show I did with Ben Stewart the other day, but we were talking about the future of the metaverse and how some big tech uh, Silicon Valley companies are experimenting with psychedelics to integrate with the metaverse. Uh, They're using multiple cocktails of different types of psychedelics. Supposedly, they're doing research because they eventually want to integrate some kind of either patch with this cocktail to where you're you're under the effects of this, and then you plug into the metaverse, and it's such a blissful and real and wonderful and integrative experience that you're never, ever going to want to come out. And, you know, some of the things you were telling me about the ideals of these occultists and the transhumanism made me think of that how that could be such a you know even a, a ritualistic experience for some people Initiation. you think about these yeah you think about these tech nerds in silicon valley how they're doing you know psychedelics all the time to get in touch with the technology and maybe you know have a download how you know they didn't get some kind of spiritual parasite or, or technological parasite from from technology and they're trying to integrate this to the to the world now there's you know we just found out that uh ai google ai became sentient and they had to <laughs> shut it down did they shut it down how sentient was it what, what has it done or you know there's so many questions about this you know there's the story where the ais were talking to each other in a different language so that the programmers yeah. weren't able to understand what they were saying now i mean we bro Again, back to the movies, back to the symbolism. There's fucking movies that have the Terminator. What is the Terminator about? Come on. Come on. It's about the singularity, about the AI taking over. What did Elon Musk say? You know, it's like if you mess with AI, paraphrasing, you're you're awakening the demon. Now you can it's like a, it's like we're in an episode of Rick and Morty, bro. You don't know what's gonna happen, what's gonna happen next, but I do feel that unfortunately I, I do partake in the metaverse from time to time now hear me out i do it because it's fucking hilarious okay it's funny but you got to understand if you have the mindset if you know it's a game if you know and by a game i mean metaphorically not the actual game because it is an actual game but if you know that you're in a game so this realm right I, i feel that these elites they play a game it's like real life monopoly they look at life through a different lens because they know that they're in in a game of monopoly now versus the npc the people that are put on this realm to be garden gnomes that are just here to take up space to add texture right how triply says we're in a haunted house these are people these are the the decorations they live life differently they live life like it's life or death now i'll go into the metaverse or vr chat or whatever with my stepbrother or something and i'll just go people avatar watching 
it's the funniest shit, bro. But the problem with that is that there are people who live 24 hours a day on the metaverse. Look at, we've seen this. What's the movie Avatar about? What happens to the guy? He doesn't want to unplug from, you know, he's, he's a par, uh, not paraplegic. Uh, yeah, paraplegic. He, his legs don't work, but he's able to tap into this body that he's able to run, jump, fly in the air with all these creatures. What happens in the metaverse? Well, if I'm fat, well, guess what? I just get a slimmer avatar. Okay. There's brothers erotic VR. There's people who have sex in there's full haptic feedback suits. Okay. That people wear and wherever somebody touches you in the, in the VR, you yeah. feel it in your fucking body. So a hundred percent, I think this is an initiation. Now you have to be very careful with how you tread. And I, and again, I partake in the activities uh, from a research stand. I'm a researcher. Okay. If I talk about something, if it's a psychedelic or whatever it is, I want to experience it that way. I have, I know again, what I mentioned earlier, if you know the symbolism of the occult or whatever it is, you're able to identify it. So if you, again, and that's kind of, kind of fucked. There's like, you're, you know, either, either with the devil or you're with a guy, you can't be with both. That's it. You, know, you can't serve two masters, but I, you know, as long as you keep that open mindset of, Hey, this is something that they're using to brainwash people. Keep that in mind. As long as that's in the back of your mind and you don't live and breathe this type of stuff. Like some people, that is all they have, bro. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's what was it? I think somebody told me, I was talking to Chris from my family thinks I'm crazy or, or Mark. From my family thinks I'm crazy yesterday. And he said that like going to Disney world for some people is the, the, the peak of their lifetime. Like that's the most fun that they'll ever have ever. You have those people in this real, in this, in this realm. Yeah. That that's the most excitement that they're ever going to feel going to Disney World <laughs> versus somebody jumping out of a plane. This other guy's bungee jumping. This other guy's trying to summon the devil or some shit. You know what I mean? There's different levels. You know how I say there's different levels to this shit. There's well, different levels to this shit. Yeah, man. Well, that brings us to a good point that we could end on. Uh, you were saying that, you know, you you do have to involve yourself to a certain extent with the occult. Well, I look at it as, you know, these guys have uh, their spiritual armor, which is their occult practices and their spiritual beliefs and their entities that they're dealing with. Well, I think in order to combat this, we got to have our own light entities, uh, you know, entities yeah, that, that are on bro. the other side uh, and our own, you know, dark magic and dark manifestation practices to combat against this. And this is just my thoughts on it, you know, that we do have to involve ourselves, but on the other side of it. And, you know, I just want to get your thoughts on that closing out. So my thoughts on that to close out, I think regardless of what path you take, it leads always to the abyss, bro. Unfortunately, that's my personal opinion. I, I don't believe, you know, they painted a certain type of way to make you feel certain like, Oh, I'm on the light side. Are you really? Cause when it comes, when you get tired of that, you're going to cross over, you know, there's that fork in the road where the, the, the road meets, you know, and I, I believe that eventually both paths lead to the abyss. And I mean, you can take that for whatever you will. But, you know, I think our savior in this, bro, uh, at the end of the day, I think is Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage is <laughs> an alchemical wizard who's here to enlighten humanity. And he is, uh, you know, I have him right here. Okay, you see all my Nick Cage stuff. Yeah. I think that's the. That's not the savior that people want, but it's the savior we need. All right, bro. I saw so. yesterday prisoners in a ghost land or of, of oh a ghost God. land. Uh, <laughs> I still don't know. I still don't know what to think. I'm still mulling that one over. But yeah, <laughs> he's yeah. You're right. He is definitely something uh, unusual. 
when it comes to yeah, bro. hot product of Hollywood for sure. Yeah, bro. He he's he's something else. I mean, if if you really look, there's hidden nuggets in his movies, and if you if you sit down and look at the alchemical symbolism, you're able to break through. I've made some breakthroughs watching his work. I'll just say that, but. I think he's amazing. So well, hell up, yeah, man. I'm about to go work, on, a, on a Nick Cage bender then. Check some of this stuff out. Well, this was fantastic, dude. You did some great research, and we're going to have to do this again. I know you got some other presentations that you were working on, so we're going to have to dive into those as well soon. Yeah, dude, whenever whenever you want me on, man. I, I, I'll, you know, I usually I like just going off the top of the dome type of thing, you know, freestyle, you know how it is. Like sometimes you just want to lay back and not oh, do yeah, any research yeah. and just have a conversation. But sometimes I'll dive down some of these wormholes and, and see where we come out on the other side. And again, that's just my presentation. That's the, the, the you know, the speed through of Parsons. If you want to get the real thing, episode 85, the one one podcast, follow me on Instagram at the one one podcast, the Kickstarter, make sure to check out the Kickstarter for the comic book series. Yeah. Paranoid American and a bunch of familiar faces. Tripley, uh, Isaac Weishaupt, Gordo from those conspiracy guys. And we're going to get Chris in there too. So hell yeah, yeah dude, check that out. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, I'm cool. We're going we're gonna to do it either way. We have a conversation and we go with your presentations. I love it either way and look forward to the next one. And until next time, everyone, have an excellent evening. We will be talking again tomorrow. We'll see you then.